Welcome, friends. Welcome, family. Welcome, Steve, to the first ever recording of the Evil Thread podcast. I'm Brett. I'm here with my main man, Steve. That is me. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. It took us three hours to set this stuff up because we've never done this before. But now we're good to go. Yeah. It looks uh, very professional. I would say so, based on knowing nothing about podcasting. <laughs> and it sounds pretty good, too. I think so. You sound better than me, of course. I don't know, man. They sound about the same. Uh, I think we sound the same. I don't know. That was a little bit of a sexy voice right there. I'm trying not to, <laughs> if I can help it. Uh, <laughs> being sexy is a gift and a curse, <laughs> so to speak. Um, man, so I guess for starters... Nobody knows anything about us, so we'll talk about how we met. And this is going back how many years, you think? Oh, man. We met uh, in Cortland in 2007, so this is like 14 years ago. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, right? I'm really showing uh, my age and yours. Oh, yeah. For reference, Cortland is in central New York, oh. for those of you who don't know, because I didn't know what it was before I decided to go to school there. Yeah, it's just, uh, it snows most of the year. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I will give credit where credit is due. Barbara, your wife, she tried so hard to be my friend, despite me not wanting to at all. And because of that, we became friends, I'm pretty sure. She gets credit for that. You know what? I was actually thinking about this the other day, how we met, and I don't really remember. Like, I feel like you were just there like an apparition like you just weekend. appeared and we were just like hey what's up hey you like this band i like this band you like movies i like movies that's so funny all right we're good boys no, it's true it's true man like i remember we had a her and i had a class together and uh i would literally spend my days in between buildings walking as like a like a phantom almost a black jacket headphones not talking to anybody smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and uh, I would keep my headphones on till the second, millisecond before the professor started talking. So I didn't have to interact with anybody, right? <laughs> and Barbara one day is just like poking me on the shoulder. Uh, hi. And then she just starts talking to me. And then, yeah, I think she suggested I come by Westcourt. And that was it, man. So there's, there's no way Barb would have, would have done that if she didn't know who you were first. So oh I'm, yeah so the, i'm taking credit for oh, knowing okay. you before her that's fair well yeah i did meet you outside of my dormitory when you were going to the gym i remember yeah. that's how that's the first time first oh, time that we met yeah you were going to the gym with that guy daryl daryl that's right yes and i came out and you were like what's up man and i was just like hi and that was it, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> at first at least at first and then here we are man 2021 yeah. yeah and we're just doing what we've always been doing talking about horror movies or movies in general i should say yeah uh which is basically what we do every time we go to the movies we're just doing it and recording it now yeah that's the not, only difference exactly we're not sitting outside of a coffee shop right right sipping on our coffee or outside of the movie theater in cold weather for 30 minutes <laughs> talking about the lighthouse oh my god don't get me started yeah pretty good movie man uh, um, speaking of watching yeah. stuff, man, have you watched anything good lately? Oh, it's a great question to ask, and the answer is always going to be no. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, lately, what did I watch lately, man? I might have to uh, 
Might have to pull that up real quick. Oh, I saw Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max. Oh. You have HBO Max? I do. You do? Yeah, it's a pretty solid movie, man. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfeld and um, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah. those guys are incredible actors, man. Really, really good movie. Oh, so good. Yeah, I need to check that out. I've heard good things. You should. If you have HBO... I mean, remember, it's only there for um, for like a month. Yeah, they do like that. Like each they... movie. Like little things. Yep. Out of the movie. Uh, was only there from January 1st, I think, till 31st or something. Okay. Like that. Um, I saw Sonic the Hedgehog, which is actually pretty good for like a video game movie. I saw your review for that, and it made exact sense. You said, like, it's what you're expecting. Right, right. Like, don't go expecting some, like, crazy, beautifully done movie. It's exactly. going in expecting to see Sonic the Hedgehog spin and beat up people. Right, and right. That's it. And uh, Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik was definitely interesting. Oh, I didn't even know he was in that. To say the least. Yeah, uh, he, he was cool. Yeah. Um, he's Jim Carrey. You know where you're getting. And then I'm going to throw two more at you, and then you can tell me what you've seen. Uh, THX 1138, one of George Lucas's movies. Nope. Before Star Wars. Yeah. Pretty good, Robert Duvall. Super young Robert Duvall. Nope. Pretty good. Oh. Uh, he's a good actor. Yeah. And then Batman, Gotham by Gaslight, animated feature, Batman versus Jack the Ripper, essentially. Nice. Pretty cool. It sounds I'm pretty not cool. not going to lie. Um, okay, so what about you? What have you seen recently? Um, I watched, uh, it was this movie called VFW. Mm-hmm which is like veterans of foreign wars. Yeah, right, right. Um, essentially, this girl like runs into uh, this bar uh, with uh, a lot of drugs, <laughs> and uh, the kingpin comes looking for them, and it's this group of uh, ragtag veterans who team up to stop this group of uh, druggies. That sounds it's, pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm not going to say anything else than that, but... Uh, you'll recognize most of the uh, old characters in there. Oh, no yeah, kidding. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's pretty good. I remember you had told me about it previously, and uh, I just haven't had a chance to check it out. I yeah. want to, though, for yeah. sure. It's on the list. It it's is on, on Shutter. Yes. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep, that's where I stream. All right, dope. Anything else? No, man, that's pretty much it. It's that's pretty uh, much it. Yeah, I try and sneak in a, you know, a movie here and there when I get the chance, but... Yeah. Uh, the little one keeps me busy. Yeah, so. you're going to be doing a lot of sneaking Yeah. now that you yeah. have a baby. <laughs> There's going to be plenty of sneaking for this podcast yeah. going on, <laughs> which is appropriate, I think. Agreed. Um, yeah, man. So uh, I guess we can get into the movie that we're going to do today. For yeah. The first episode, right? Yeah. Which is Possessor Twenty Twenty. Brandon Cronenberg. Also, before we go any further, I just want to note, courtesy of Brett here, you guys can't see this, but we have a nice little slideshow, I guess, uh, with stills from the movie. Uh, we got Andrew Riseborough and some other, well, the guy that plays Colin. Christopher Abbott. Christopher Abbott, thank you. Uh, and the Possessor poster. Pretty cool stuff. And our logo, which, by the way, was designed by... Maggie May Mary, that's her ad on Instagram. Maggie May Mary. Spelled the way you think it sounds, but I'll spell it really quick anyway. M-A-G-G-I-E-M-A-E-M-A-R-Y. Okay, so thank you very much to her for designing the logo. Yeah, thank you, Maggie. Super dope. Okay, so, you know, like we said, Brandon Cronenberg, you guys might recognize that name. That's the same last name as David Cronenberg 
who you may know from films like Hootie and the Bullfish Live. No, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. The Fly, uh, Scanners. Any other ones? Yeah, Videodrome. Videodrome. I don't know how I... For- I always forget about that one, I feel like. Uh, Existence. Existence, which I haven't seen. I have not seen it. But somebody recently told me it's like one of his favorite Cronenberg movies. So I'm thinking really? we might have to check yeah, it out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it, really. But, yeah. Okay, those are the four that I can think of. Can you think of any other ones that he did? I feel like that's a pretty good... That's uh, a pretty good... Yeah, pretty good, that's right? a very okay. 80s heavy that's true. That's true. I mean, that's when he was coming up, I guess, yeah. doing his thing. Um, and now his son is taking up the mantle, so to speak. Um, and this is his second feature-length film, first of which is Antiviral. You seen that? I have not. Oh, man. I know. You've been telling pretty me. Pretty good. I know. It's pretty good. It's not as good as Possessor, if you ask me. Okay. But it's it's worth the watch. That's where I would put it. And it's crazy, because... So this is Brandon Cronenberg's second feature-length. Feature and... The last one he did was the only other one he did was antiviral eight years ago, right? It was twenty twelve, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty twelve. Oh, so so nine years ago now. I or guess. nine, yeah. Right. Wow. Geez. Who's counting? Uh, right position is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm surprised it took him that long to make another one. I thought he would do more, but I mean I'm hoping he does more. Maybe he's just taking his time. Yeah, I guess when you're making movies it's not something you can do overnight. <laughs> like making a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three hours later. Yeah, right. <laughs> it only took us three hours. Um, yeah, okay. So for this, we have the same cinematographer, which if you've seen both movies, I won't, I won't say you'll notice stuff. You know, there's some minor similarities between the two, but antiviral color palette, completely different than Possessor. Like, it's almost devoid of color to the point where it's ridiculous. It's very white, that movie. Um, yeah, that guy is Kareem Hussein. He's pretty talented from what I've seen. Yeah, he's, um, isn't he also a director? He's, he's Canadian, right? I think so. I think he's done a couple of directorial features, but I've never seen any of his work as far as I know. I know, um, he did, uh, he did, he did a part in ABCs of Death, which I know that, I think actually we watched. Really? I, I can't remember which one it was, so. You mean ABCD, ABCDs, uh, sorry, ABCs of Death 1 or 2? Do you remember? No, I'm not sure. Mm. Nope. Okay, just curious. Uh, uh, He also had a part in Hobo with a Shotgun. Wow. Which I haven't seen. I haven't seen either, which is upsetting. Yeah. I feel like we're missing out. Well, these are all movies that we'll have to check out then. Yeah, confessing though, I haven't seen Death Proof either. Have you? Um, I feel like that movie has played on, uh, you know, cable a lot yeah. and I'm pretty sure at some point I've checked that out. Yeah. I've also never seen Planet Terror. I'll just go for the traffic. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's, well, that's Robert Rodriguez. Right? Yeah. But it's like a grindhouse double feature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Planet Terror is good. I would, I'd recommend checking that out. Ah, man. Yeah. One day when there's more time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah. And the lead in this movie, Andrew Riseborough, have you seen... Mandy before? Yes. Yeah, she's pretty good in that. Yeah. Right? I feel like uh she plays that like similar disheveled role. Mm. Um I'm gonna be honest, I always thought she was a lot older than she actually is. Me too. Like I thought she was late forties, fifty. Me too. Um Me too. and then I looked her up and she's only a few years older than us. No kidding. And she actually looks pretty decent when she has makeup on. Right. Wow. That is but harsh. That is, <laughs> but but that proves the point, or at least, you know, 
the director got their their point across yeah. of how they wanted her to be portrayed, which is absolutely very messy looking. Which I noticed also when I was taking my notes, I she was in Birdman and Oblivion, which I can't for the life of me remember her being in those movies. And I've seen both, and I can't remember them right. either. But so it must not have been as uh, prominent a role as possessor you know yeah. probably wasn't a, it wasn't a lead role because yeah. you know birdman is michael keaton right emma stone right and oblivion is our best friend tom cruise tom cruise <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but she's a, a very talented actress and i frankly didn't know that she was that young i had no idea yeah, yeah. but i'm not about to you know call her ugly like you did <laughs> just now because <laughs> that's just not nice she's not she's the opposite <laughs> yeah beautiful andrea if you're listening oh my god hopefully she will be one day <laughs> Yeah, man. So we got some other actors in this movie that people are familiar with. A one, Sean Bean. Oh my gosh, the Sean Bean. The Sean Bean, man, the legend. He's played by, uh, or excuse me, John Parse is played by Sean Bean in this movie. Um, He's an asshole. It's yeah. He has a very asshole look to him in general. Oh, right. You the older say- Sean Bean gets, the more he resembles a butthole. I feel like. <laughs> But not, like, in a physical sense, in the way he acts in movies. I don't know. His lips get a little more pursed. Maybe that like, kind of resembles more of a butthole. Jesus. So. Um, but, I mean, in other roles he's played, he wasn't a total douchebag. Like, uh, he helped me out with the first name. Game of Thrones? Well, who does he play? What's the name of oh, the Oh, Ned Stark. Ned Stark. Oh Ned Stark, yeah. I don't know why I was about to say, like, Boromir. Am I getting... That's Lord of the Rings. I'm getting my stuff mixed yeah, up. Yeah, but both kind of, like, uh, <laughs> <almost> fantasy <laughs> Yeah, I saw, deal. like, the swords, and I just... I got confused. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we have Sean Bean in here. Um, we have, uh, Christopher Abbott who plays Colin. Um, trying to think of what else he's been in. I, his face looks familiar. Not a whole bunch. I don't think, but we have the marvel of technology (laughs) and I can try to. Maybe because he looks like, uh, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Yo, he kind of does. Yeah. He's got like a Jon Snow resemblance. So maybe that's why I'm, uh, thinking that he's in other movies. That's funny, man. I didn't even think of um, that for a second that he looks like him. Yeah. Um, we have Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh. Uh, who plays uh plays Girder. Oldie but a goodie. Oldie Jennifer but Jason goodie. Lee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's a good actress. I can't remember what I've seen her in offhand. She was in um I think most recently Annihilation. Oh, right. Where she plays a very similar role that right. she plays in, in this one. I feel like she's, it's like they literally just took her character and like, all right, just play that same exact character in this movie now. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, like the very just like about the job lady. Yes, yeah. Very cold. Yeah, very, exactly. Man, I, I totally forgot. I love that movie too, so I'm surprised that I had forgotten. Yep. Um. Yeah, but actually with that, did you see, you saw that movie? I did. Annihilation, okay. Did you see Ex Machina? A while ago, but okay. I did see that. And you have Hulu, or I no? Do. Okay. Did you see uh, the show Devs? No, but you're not the first one to tell me about it. Okay. No, I was just curious because it's the same guy, um, Alex Garland. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He directed those two movies we just mentioned, and all of Devs. Like Didn't... it's just one season so far. I don't know if there's more. He directed um, a Godzilla movie too, right? Alex Garland. No. 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 All right. Well, I'm um, thinking of someone different. I don't think so, at least. I know for sure that he's done Ex Machina. I think it was only his, his only two movies, man. So, but um, Dev stars uh, Ron Swanson, right? 
He's in it, yeah. He's in it. Um, okay. Nick Offerman. Yeah, thank you. Is his real name? Yeah, that's his name, Nick Offerman. <laughs> yeah, he's Shout pretty out. good in that man. It's weird to see him as not Ron Swanson, which would explain why you said that. Was it? Um, th- does he play a more serious role? Uh oh, by a lot. Yeah, much more serious. Yes. Is it? Can you take him seriously? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I okay. think um, for the role they cast him for, when you get into the whole show and you understand the premise and things like that. It's pretty appropriate, I would okay. say. Um, yeah, man. So, what are you thinking? You want to hit that that Sean Bean list? Oh, yeah. So, um, before we get started on our uh, review, in honor of... So, this is going to be spoiler heavy, just so you know. So, if you're listening right now and you haven't seen the movie, um, turn us off, watch it, and then come back. Precisely. But... So, in honor of Sean Bean not dying in this film, we decide to do a top five Sean Bean kills ranked. You this is very first? interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you should go first. All right. So, uh, for number five, I chose uh, Patriot Games, Ooh, which stars uh, Harrison Ford um, as Jack Ryan and uh, Sean Bean as the evil Sean Miller. And... Uh, Essentially, there's a speedboat scene um, at what point where Harrison Ford pushes Sean Bean off the boat onto a, an anchor and then proceeds to jump off the boat just in time uh, for the boat to explode. So we don't, we don't actually see Sean Bean die here, but uh, I think we could uh, kind of come to the conclusion that he did not survive <laughs> that ordeal. Definitely not. Uh, what about you, man? What's your five? My five, by the way, it's so good with the first one that you just said to be able to play the scene back in my head afterwards or like during while you're talking. It's pretty great, honestly, because <laughs> you just get to watch Sean Bean die as much as you want. That's exactly. <laughs> as long as you're talking about it. Um, okay. So my number five is The Island. Remember that movie? Which what year was that? Oh, oh man, is, that's no, a good question. But this, um, I think I'm thinking of the Leonardo DiCaprio Island. Oh, uh, this isn't the one we're talking about. Right? No, yeah. this one is different. This is with I'm pretty sure Ewan McGregor. Yeah, this is 25th, 2005. Excuse me, Michael Bay. Oh, our resident uh, fantastical effects guy. <laughs> he loves special effects. Um, but yeah, Scarlett Johansson's in it. Sean Bean, Steve Buscemi. I'm just reading the list here. Michael Clark Duncan. There's a bunch, there's oh, a pretty wow. good amount of people. Yeah. And it's like not a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But anyway, the way Sean, Sean Bean dies in here, I forget. I'm not too, I'm foggy on the role. I can't really remember exactly. You know, this is going back 15, I mean, 20 years or whatever it is, yeah. 15 years. Right. So, but he gets shot through the neck with like a Ouch. harpoon gun. And then they hang him. Wow! With that, and he's just hanging there like a corpse. Well, yeah, obviously, but uh, it was pretty brutal, man. But it, it was it was something to watch for sure. Yeah, like I was, so I was looking up like trying to get ideas of like my favorite uh, death scenes from him, and they're all pretty brutal. Like, there's not one where he just kind of like fades off into like the sunset. Like each one is pretty graphic. Agreed. Which. Uh, Brings me into my number four. It's uh, Black Death, Ooh. which was uh, directed in 2010. Um, and Sean Bean plays this guy, Ulrich, mm-hmm. which is surprising because uh, 
he doesn't actually die of the Black Death, although it is set during the plague. Okay. Um, instead, uh, he goes into a village, uh, and I think he brings the Black Death with him, the plague. Mm. Uh, so the villagers end up tying him up, tying his limbs up to horses, oh. and then having him be pulled apart. Oh, God. So, yeah. That's terrible. That's, yeah. Poor Sean Bean. Yeah, now would be the appropriate time to pour one out for, yeah. for Sean Bean. Well, we don't have any beer, but we do have some delicious coffee here. Oh, I mean for the listeners, not us. Oh, for the, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. okay. you know, there's a carpet in here. There's we a don't want to <laughs> spill anything. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have not seen that movie. Yeah. But it, drawn and quartered sounds like a tough way to go. It, yeah, very painful. That was probably really graphic. Yes, it was very graphic. Right? Did it yeah. look real? It looked pretty real, yeah. As real as I think it would look. I've never seen it in real life, so I'm okay. too sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess but. it's hard to tell if you've never seen it, right? <laughs> it looked real. That's funny, man. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll go to my number four. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. My number four is GOT, otherwise known as G-O-T, otherwise known as Game of Thrones. Ooh. And he's playing, I don't know how I didn't remember the first time, Ned Stark, obviously. Um, and he gets his head just chopped right off his shoulders, man. Clean off. And... It's at the hands, or not at the hands, at the request of, I believe, Joffrey. Yes. Uh, Baratheon, right? Yep. Yeah, that, that dude just sucks. And Ned Stark, when the show started, was one of my favorite characters, man. And it was a bummer. I Bummer. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think that's what made uh, Game of Thrones so great, is that they took this guy, they made him the main character, and then they killed him. And there was no, like... It was no heroic death. Like they pretty much bent him over and cut his head off. Mm -hmm. So then, it pretty much set up this this idea that anyone could die at any point. No, it's true. It's true, man. But thank God that uh, his bastard love child Jon Snow was there because without him, I don't know that I could carry on. Agreed. Honestly, Agreed. yeah. Nice man. Um, my number three is uh, from I, th I think it was two thousand seven. Uh, the Hitcher. Ooh. Did you ever see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that a good was one. that was definitely a uh, that was a sci-fi movie. I'm pretty sure I watched that. Uh, Sci-fi-ish, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a remake. I think it was. It was a remake. Not Rucker Howard is in the original. I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. Not uh, excuse me. Not a sci-fi movie. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi, really? Yeah. Okay. Because when you said that, I was like, ah. Yeah, that was probably I think sci-fi in like USA. I am shocked that was on sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. That's was, like putting. The divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood on sci-fi. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on there, unless I got my uh, my stations mixed up. But I, it probably was. It yeah, probably. probably. Uh, so I don't think he has a name. So I just wrote down no name. The Hitcher. The Hitcher. I yeah, guess you would call. That's his name. Um, so uh, pretty much uh, the main character, uh, who's played by this girl Grace, uh, is getting um, harassed so to say, by the Hitcher. Um, all of her friends are killed, and uh, she's next. And in her uh, last-ditch effort, she actually gets the upper hand. She's able to shoot him, uh, Sean Bean, in the back and then in the chest. And uh, as he's dying, his reply is, feel good, doesn't it? And she answers, I don't feel a thing. Before shooting him right in the head. Oh. And uh, I think out of all the Sean Bean kills, like, this one was most justified. 
Okay. Like that's he fair. actually deserved this one yeah, because yeah. he was a murderer. That's absolutely fair. Killed unsuspecting victims. What was she working with? Uh, a shotgun, right? Uh, was it a shotgun? I think so. Yeah, it might have been. Because I like, uh, I got to confess, I watched like a YouTube compilation because who can remember oh, dude. death scenes from like 10 different movies? Nobody. Nobody. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a shotgun, yeah. which makes it worse, obviously. Which, yeah, yeah. Because. Just your head is gone. Yeah, if that happens, it's a point blank it's, range, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gone all right. <laughs> He's headless. Right. Okay. So that's a that's another good one, man. I think that might be the most graphic so far that we've done. I think. I don't know, man. Black Death sounded pretty oh, graphic. Death. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, I yeah. couldn't remember exactly like the previous two. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So Black Death, then that one is pretty. I think it's second so far. Okay. Uh, so my three. Is not graphic at all, really. It's more uh, symbolic, I guess, and just dramatic is, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, equilibrium. I did not see it. Oh, you never seen that? No. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's the opposite of the Matrix in the way that everything moves super fast and not super slow. Okay. Uh, Christian Bale, good old boy, is in it. Nice. Uh, some other uh, another couple of actors in there. I can't remember who, but um, basically reading and things like that are outlawed at this time this is like in the future i'm pretty positive everybody's dressed the same you can't feel any emotions no relationships the etc and sean bean's character says fuck that i want to read so i'm gonna read and then christian bale catches him in the act and gives him one last chance you know put the book down he says no and then Christian Bale just shoots him right through the book, right in the, I want to say in his face, maybe his chest. But he, of course, when the bullet goes through the book, all the pieces of paper start flying all over the place. Wow. And it's very spectacular the way it happens. Do we know what book he was reading? Oh, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, that's a good question, actually. I didn't even think of that. I wonder if they if they show it up close in the movie. He was probably like in the, like, Doing a line of coke off the oh table, my God, yeah. and they're like, "You know, he's doing something." They're like, "Yeah, coke is fine, but that book outlawed. It's gotta gone. go. <laughs> you can do all the drugs you want, you just can't read." And it was kind of two birds in one stone because he also uh, shot the book as well. Oh, right, right, right. He took it out, so he I took the book out. That. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because you gotta, man. You can't yeah. leave any pages. No, because people are gonna start reading. They'll start reading, and that's bad. That's bad. You don't yeah. want that. No, nope. no thinking for yourself. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So hit me with your three. Um, well, I did my th number three, but my number two was oh, sorry. Yeah, two. Game of Thrones, Ned Stark. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I put that pretty high up on the list because I felt like it uh, kind of changed the game for Game of Thrones. Um, so I thought it was fitting that it, I put it pretty high up there. And I, I just also really liked the character. So that's my number two. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we spare the gory details since we already got that one yeah. on number four on my list. Uh, so this is where we start to really differ because I know you got your number two and I got mine and your number one and et cetera. Uh, my number two is Fellowship of the Ring. Ooh. Boromir, right? Boromir. Boromir, yep. This boy just gets laced. I almost feel, I almost feel like I don't want to do the description because it's your... You know, I feel kind of like no, no, go ahead. I'm taking it from you. Almost. Yeah, no, no. Go okay, ahead. okay. Um, the boy just gets laced with arrows, man, like hard body, and uh, 
it's I think it's somewhat slow motion a little bit, and he just hits his knees, and it's just one of those moments you just feel, man. Oh, it's I, rough. Yeah, because he had been through it with the ring. Yeah, man. You know? he, went, he went through you know the trouble of defending it, and then he fell victim to it. Yeah, and uh, you know in his last ditch effort to kind of right his wrongs, he uh, um, tries to defeat. I don't even know how many orcs there were. Like, I feel like there were like thirty. Why um, bother? Is the number? That's yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, Just die. And you know, my dude took like, man, it was like ten arrows to the chest at least, at least. And he kept going down, but he kept getting back up. And uh, he was able to save both Mary and Pippin, who right. play a pretty pivotal role uh, into the series. Oh or, yeah, into the trilogy. You got to admire it, man. Yeah, you really do. The drive to stay alive in that scene, even though it's just a movie, yes. But it's still admirable, man. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that's that's my number one. So that that actually works because uh, now we can get to your number one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wait, what about your number two? You did your number two? Game of Thrones, baby. Am I bugging? Okay, yeah. Jesus Christ. Sorry. You're behind me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like so behind. <laughs> but you're right. It doesn't work out. So my number one is good old or bad old 006 from Goldeneye. Nice. Who spends the entire movie being as pesky as possible um, for Pierce Bronson, who plays James Bond in this iteration. And uh, eventually Pierce Bronson decides he has enough and he throws him from like a little I don't know what you would call it exactly I guess like an access hatch to get into something and he just lets him go and the boy falls down into a satellite dish massive satellite dish Oof. and he's dead right there on impact you gotta assume I, I can't so. remember exactly but do, do uh, we see the the eyes fade out do we know he died for sure mm, no but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that he'll be back in future James Bond installments. <laughs> even though they, they brought some characters back, yes. Yeah. Uh, even characters that are presumed to die on screen, for example. Or at least, I think they're going to bring back Dr. No. I could be wrong with a new one that's coming out. Yeah. But it's hard to say. All but right. there's been recurring characters. So it's possible we could see Sean Bean in the new James Bond maybe in the future. We, maybe we just see like pieces of Sean Bean. Like they just take all like the severed parts and limbs and just kind of stitch <laughs> them back together. From like, oh, they should they should dress up each of his limbs in uh, wardrobe from different movies <laughs> and have him in the new James Bond movie like that. Boromir's like pants. Dude, that would be great. Oh, <laughs> uh, 006's top. Ned Stark's cloak. Oh my God, yeah. That would be some funny shit. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'd watch yeah. it. So that's um that's our little segment for Sean Bean. And I guess we can get into the nitty gritty, I guess you want to say, yeah. for the movie, right? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. So, uh, I don't know, you want to get us going? I feel like your your notes are pretty detailed. <laughs> I feel like you're you're the man to get us started, I feel like. Um yeah, so I mean essentially what this movie does is it explores a world where uh, you know, cyber assassins commit you know, murder by hacking the minds of innocent people um, to do their bidding. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. It's and, heavy. And, you know, some people, like, from what I've listened to, didn't say this was necessarily horror and, and placed it more in, like, psychological thriller. Mm. But I don't know what's scarier than having your mind hijacked. Like, I would consider that horror if I had to. That's pretty scary. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think there's an argument for both 
Uh, am I coming in too loud? No. Okay. Um, I think it's an argument for both, man. Like, it's hard, definitely, like you said. Like, you're getting, uh, you know, overtaken by somebody else to do things you don't want to do, which is scary. Yeah, for sure. Like, if that happened right now to me and you knew, you'd be scared. Like, what if I was just controlling you and I just had you, you know, say what I wanted you to say on the podcast? That's terrifying. Yeah. Because then I have no free will. Yeah. That's scary. And that's terrifying. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but it's also like, yeah, it's... A, it's um. You could even say sci-fi horror, man. You mm-hmm. could throw it in there. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, there's definitely, I think, psychological, uh, like the thriller aspects of it for 100%, sure. hundred percent. Because you don't know where it's going. Yeah, exactly. You know, as she gets deeper in the game, so to speak. It's true. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, pretty much we start the movie with this uh, up close shot of like a device going into the skull, um, which we find out is uh, the implant that they use to kind of infiltrate. Uh, you know, the bodies of uh, innocent victims. Um, and this is cool. It kind of set up like what, uh, you know, how it's going to look graphically. You know, it's all bloody and gooey. Um, they got that Cronenberg stamp on it, it. Right away, man. Like two minutes into the movie, maybe a minute into the movie, we yeah. get that, which is cool. Um, and uh, we find out that the the hostess, uh, we get a shot of this, this the hostess. Uh, her name's Holly Bergman. And she's essentially working for the, some type of like gala event. Um, we see her in the bathroom. She starts crying. Uh, do we, do we know why she's crying? Well, I think that's the scene. Yeah. She's in the bathroom and I think the thing, she plugs in a device into her head, right? And that's like a recalibrator. I'm pretty sure. Yep. So what I'm thinking is, yeah, she plugs that in and then Holly, you said her name? Yeah. Yeah. She is trying to regain control of her own mind and body so yes. the tears are a result of that i would think those are holly's tears right right okay. she's like trying to you know yeah take back control and obviously the recalibration device is preventing her from doing so Pre- okay yeah that makes sense um so she's done crying she comes out of the bathroom uh we see her grab this pretty big knife and uh she walks up to uh elio maza is his name who's uh, a lawyer we find out later on and and Stabs him right in the neck. I mean, that was pretty gritty, it man. Was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. And I mean, and that's not even the worst. That's after that, she, you know, continues to pretty much gut the man um, and then play around in his blood for a little bit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you see her stand up after uh, Elio's bleeding out and she puts the pistol in her mouth, uh, but she can't shoot. And uh, we hear her yell, or say, pull me out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's unable to shoot herself, so she instead aims at the police, and uh, the police uh, load her up. Shoot. Yeah. They, yeah. They bl- yeah. That's right. They load her up. All right. Yeah. Um, right. So, like, what'd you think? Yeah. Like, what'd you yeah. think of the opening scene? Oh, I thought the opening scene, it was, uh, it was pretty telling, man. Like, I noticed, at least in two instances, instances um i think like stylized versions of dna helixes you know the classic you know what a dna helix yeah like obviously but you see it in two instances um in the background one is like water coming out of a fountain of some kind and the frame rate is deliberately slowed down so you can see this i'm pretty sure oh and it's coming out and it's twisting it's Mm -hmm. twisting exactly like a dna helix 
And there's another part where she's walking and the camera's looking up above her and there's a light fixture that's twisted in the same way. Looks just like an Indian helix. And I think that's just, you know, like representative of the fact that she's doing this for a living. She's getting constantly thrown into different bodies and, uh, you know, it's messing with her. It's messing with her, you know. That's pretty cool. Actually, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, and and they allude to that, I think, in a later scene when she returns. She, by the way, I don't... Did we say her name? Tazia? No, we didn't Moss? yet. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the, the main character, so to speak. Yeah. She's the uh, agent, I guess, who's infiltrating these bodies and committing these horrifically violent crimes <laughs> against humanity. Um, but yeah, yeah, so she goes back... Um, when she comes to after she's shot by the police, she comes back and she's talking to Gerder. Gerder, yep. right. And uh Gerder's got her going through some uh I guess It's um yeah, yeah like a it's a stress test, right? Or like um a decompression exit interview, I think is what they were like labeling. Yeah, it I as. guess you would call it that. Yeah. yeah. Um where essentially she's asked asked a series of questions, um, each kind of pertaining to her life. Um, and the final question involved, uh, it was a butterfly, right? Yes. Yes. A butterfly. So a butterfly that was pinned and, uh, she pinned this butterfly as a kid. So, uh, Gerda asks if she still feels guilty about it. Um, and she says she does, Mm -hmm. which, um, like, what did you, so what did you think these questions kind of served? Like, what was their purpose? You thought? Oh, I think it's just like uh, kind of like reassume her identity, like remind her who she is. Because if you spend enough time in anybody's body, the presumption is that you're going to forget who you are eventually, yeah. I would think. Um, so it's just kind of a reminder, bring her back to earth. Like you're this person, you have this relationship with that person, you have these memories, this is what makes you up as an individual. Okay. Because you know? if she, if they don't do that, there's no telling if she stays thinking she's Holly Bergman forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though she's not in Holly Bergman's body. She's looking in the mirror. She'll still think she's Holly Bergman probably. Um, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, by the end of the movie, I don't know if I thought maybe something different. Like, so in mm. the beginning of the movie, I thought it served that purpose. Um, but by the end of the movie, I thought it was kind of only, not only to show that, that she remembered who she was, but also to show that she had no regret or remorse of her past life and could kind of continue on um, as that cold-blooded killer that um, Jennifer Jason Lee wanted her to be. Hence, like, because why ask those three questions? You know, what was, there must have been a reason to ask those specific three questions. Wait, which, which questions? Um, the, the decompression exit interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. and why ask that last question? Like, why ask her if she, if she feels guilty? Yeah, like, why it's not, not just, relevant? Just why not just ask another identity question? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't even, I did not think of that. Yeah. Man. That's so, a good point. Yeah, so I thought maybe it was just because, like, oh, if she doesn't feel guilty about it, well, then she severed all ties to her past life. Right, that. Oh, man, that's a, that's a great point, man. I did not think of that at all. And also, not only does it sever ties to her past life it also um reaffirms like her commitment to her job yes in a, in a way yes you know what i'm saying like oh she doesn't feel guilty about stuff that happened before so she can just focus on this exactly you know what i'm saying which was um Gerter's intent from the beginning oh yes yes yeah. yes yes 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Gerda is essentially grooming her because Gerda, from my understanding, was a former assassin in the same way. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, and she can't do it anymore, according to her. But um, to that end, you know, we're talking about Gerda trying to separate her and things like that. But I don't know. There's this weird thing with Tazia where, well, A, she's still going to, she has a ex-husband. Is that? I, I said estranged because I don't know, okay, right? I don't yeah. know if they're divorced or not. Mm. I mean, either way, it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And a kid. And a kid. Yep. And that goes back to what you were saying before about the first scene with Holly Bergman is, you know, they shot her because she couldn't do it herself. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, she had the gun from the beginning on that first kill. Yes. Right. Chooses not to use it, uses the knife instead. That to me, you know, she's getting as, you know, it's up, up close and personal right there. You're stabbing somebody. You have to be close. Yeah. That to me is like her, um, like almost like unhappy with her own real life. And she wants to feel something like getting close to her victims. It like almost makes her feel a certain type of way that she's not getting out of her normal life. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that completely. Um, and you kind of see that um, when she goes to visit her uh, like ex-husband or whatever. And, uh, you know, they're having sex and she's clearly not into it. Oh, yeah. Um, Just spaced. Yeah, she's spaced out. And, and instead, she actually, uh, what she visualized like that knife that she had stabbed oh, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. lawyers. Right, 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 right. And then I think she also imagines uh, like a knife going into Michael is her ex-husband. Oh, that's I his name? I think she right. imagines yes. a knife going into his throat. And at that point, she becomes, like, more aroused. She bites his neck and then, like, really starts getting into it. Yeah, Um, which is odd. Yeah, which is interesting. (laughs) It's, like, and kind of, like, going back to what you said, like, you know, she was looking for some way to be kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe more aroused. Mm. She wasn't, she was unhappy with her current life. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, there's this association between, like, sex and murder um, where she's, like, on the cusp of becoming, like, this cold-blooded serial killer Mm. or cold-blooded killer. Um, and we see this with like killers like Jeffrey Dahmer, um, Ted Bundy, like Ed Kemper, where like sex alone is no longer a state of arousal unless accompanied by murder. Oh, right, right. It's so enough. yeah, it's, it's just like, that's like, I think another hint that Voss is leaning towards that state of mind into that like cold blooded killer. She's kind of losing, uh, I guess, uh, track of her past life, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, her, I guess her, her, Personal life. I Personal guess. life. Like, yeah, yeah. That's normal, it. everyday life, yes. I guess you yeah. want to call it. Yeah. Outside of work. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And I think that's part of the push and pull between her and Gerda. Because, uh, you know, Gerda's kind of successful throughout the movie, getting her to let go of, uh, you know, her husband, but kind of not. Like, uh, Tazia's, like, kind of letting go, but she's really not. You know, and uh, Gerda can sense that throughout the entire movie. Because she calls her out on it, like, almost constantly, I feel mm-hmm. like. Uh, she's just constantly like, oh, well, you need to be more this or that. Yeah. And are not you, do this. Yeah. Are you sure yeah. you want this? Like, she sucks. Type deal. She's like a regular boss, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You never want to hear stuff like that <laughs> yeah. at work. You don't want to hear anything from your boss at work, let alone that you're not doing a good job. I'm like, I'm curious how she, like, how did she find this job? Like, she's... <sighs> Like, was this on, like, LinkedIn? Was there, like, a... It definitely like, wasn't in the newspaper. No, it wasn't in the newspaper anymore. I don't know if any job... Are jobs still in the newspaper? I think so. Is there? Yeah. I don't read newspapers. I don't either. I don't think I've ever read a newspaper, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. 
I used to wrap presents with newspapers, and uh, I think that was it. Yeah. I guess you could read the outside of the present that you're wrapping. That's true. I guess you could do that. You're but, right. Uh, Christian it might not make any be? sense, because yeah. you're bending around the corners to read. That's true. But, yeah. In any case, I mean, I don't know where you, I don't know where you find a job like that. That's a good question, yeah. man. Uh, like, she must have been... Like, so this is one, one thing that kind of, I guess, like, one one downfall of the movie mm. is that I I didn't really have a character I was rooting for. Okay, that's fair. And this kind of dials back. Well, yeah. yeah, so, I, right, because, like, so we have our, our main protagonist, who is uh, Andrea, mm-hmm. um, Tasia Voss. Yeah. But she's not really a good person. Like, I, there's not there's not a point during the movie where I'm I'm rooting for her, you know? She's... She's pretty much like taking advantage of innocent people. Um, I don't know how innocent they are. We don't really know that. But I mean, she I, is. I think more innocent than not. Yeah. More if in, I had to guess. Exactly. To commit these crimes. So she's, I don't know. Well, I mean, for Holly, for, in Holly's case, in Holly's I'll say case. she's innocent. Yeah. Like she doesn't do anything wrong, I don't think. She's yeah. just working her job. She was just working her you job. Know? But, exactly. Uh, is, the, is the next person that she takes over Colin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. His his he is a different story. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. Like at the same time, I'm you know, there's parts where I'm like kind of rooting for him, but then like you realize he's a scumbag too. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's like he's a past drug dealer. Um, he's obviously cheating on his fiance with one of her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just not a good guy that you're really rooting for either. And I think that was maybe one thing that was missing from this movie. Okay. Which I guess could be deliberate. It's possible. Yeah. You know, because I think there's something to be said about, you know... Oh, well, Colin, by the way, is uh, Christopher Abbott. Yes. Is played by... Uh, Colin is played by Christopher Abbott. So, there's something to be said about, you know, like I said, she takes over Holly. And Holly seems like a perfectly okay person. We don't know that for sure. But... Um, Tazia and Colin, they suck, like we were just saying. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something to say, be said about that dynamic between those two characters in terms of, like, the way they're portrayed in having no one to root for. Because outside of them two, they're the two main characters of the movie. I would think Colin would be the second. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yep. Because he's the only one that uh, gives Tazia a hard time later down the line. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, you know, yeah, our boss gets the contract to assassinate. It, okay. Uh, John Pars for sure, is a part of the contract. I know that. Yes. Right? Sean Bean's character? Yep. Is is the daughter, uh, the daughter Ava, or Ava, how do they pronounce it? Ava? I think Ava. Ava. It's yeah. spelled Ava, but it's yeah, pronounced A-V-A. Ava. Yeah, A-V-A. Yep. Right. Um, is she a part of the contract? Was I reading yeah, that right? Um, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So um, this was set up by John Parse's stepson, Reed Parse. Mm-hmm. So uh, essentially what he wanted to do was get rid of both of them so that he'd be the next uh, I see. heir to the throne. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because he's a CEO of a successful company. Right. Um, Zuthru, right? It's called I Zuth- think so, yeah. yeah. It's like your Amazons or whatever yeah, you want to call it. Yeah, it's like a it. data mining company. Right, Jeff Bezos, you know the deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, okay. See, I didn't see, there's certain things I didn't pay. I'm glad your notes are so detailed because I missed completely that that contract was um, given to them by, what did you say, his son? Uh, stepson, stepson, Reed. Yeah, Reed. Yeah, see, I missed that totally. Yeah. There's things I don't pick up on. 
Yeah, it's hard not when you watch it one pers- time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. So did you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's things that we're going to be perceptive about different things, I think. So, yep. it's good. Um, yeah, man. So, Colin comes in here. She takes him over. And uh, he's got a job with the company that uh, his, I guess you would call him, future father-in-law works for. Yes. Well, yeah. Future father-in-law works for her and uh you can tell he's something of an underachiever based on the way John Pars talks to him. It's not nice. Yeah, it's not nice at <laughs> all. Um, but at the same time, I don't really feel too bad for Colin. Oh, I don't blame him at all. But I do Colin feel... Colin seems like a dick. Yeah, but I, I definitely think that uh, Sean Bean is ultimate dick in this as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. Man, honestly, it's got to be his most ultimate dick role ever. <laughs> yeah. he's just a dick yeah man you know this was very unfortunate for colin um so so i guess you know we could talk about just really like the actual heist itself because we kind of see like how it happens mm-hmm. um how like colin's body is uh taken over and this was this was like a really cool scene um so we see like this inception like heist pretty much so Colin, I think, is on his way to the airport for something, and he gets picked up by the company. Um, and we see him in the back of this white van. Ooh, white van. <laughs> um, and we see that the implant being inserted into his skull. So now we know what that implant is for, uh-huh. um, in case we didn't know at the beginning of the movie. Um, and we get to see, at this point, that really beautiful shot of, you know, uh, Voss's kind of consciousness entering into Colin's body. Yeah. That was really cool. What you uh, what did you think of that that whole scene? I thought it was good, man. I, I think uh, there's definitely some brilliance in the way that Brandon Cronenberg. I'm gonna say Brandon because I don't want to just say Cronenberg because it could be David. Um, there's definitely some brilliance in the way that he decides how he decides to transition things uh, concerning Colin and um, Tazia. Like even later in the movie, there's another segment that we'll talk talk about when the time comes. But that's just just the way he chooses to portray like their faces. Like, um, I'll just talk about it now. Later on, like when Colin's trying to fight back, mm-hmm. he's wearing that terribly awful, creepy ass mask that's um Tazia's face. Yeah, that that's that shit is it got me, man. If if it people want to argue about horror and if this was a horror movie, that scene alone proves that in fact deserves its spot as a horror movie right right absolutely like i thought you know it's okay obviously it's a mask for the movie but obviously also well maybe it's not obvious but you know it's her skin like we can see it right now on the screen that you provided for us uh it's like almost like uh melting right yeah yeah and i think that's yeah that's her losing her own identity as colin tries to take his body back over essentially and uh, real quick before we keep going about Colin, just a quick little thing. The color palettes here, we're talking oh. about, you know, the transitions and yeah, stuff. Yeah, dude, talk about that a little bit because I I haven't, I didn't catch this at all. And I know you're very good with like the color schemes and stuff. So just, yeah, kind of, I want to hear. <laughs> it's flattering. Hear your thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, nothing crazy in depth, man, but I just did like a quick search on like the meanings of colors because you know how colors are so associated with certain things. And there's, by my count, five colors here in the movie that are pretty significant. The first of which is yellow, 
we see quite a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not just in the transition scenes. It's throughout the whole movie. There's like tints of yellow, like in the Holly Bergman scene. Um, there's like a, there's a fair amount of yellow tint, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. to the building. You yeah. know, the inside, the lights and stuff like that. Even the, the movie posters. Yeah, yeah, it's yellow. yellow. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, and yellow is commonly associated with cowardice, which is... Uh, you know what cowardice means. I'm not going to... But the way that um, comes back to the movie is that she's constantly living within other people, right? Avoiding her own troubles. She loves that shit because, you know, why wouldn't you want to avoid your own troubles? But it is some. there is some cowardice to it. Like, you're having problems with your estranged husband, your kid, and it's cowardly in a sense if you are deliberately taking on a ton of contracts to enter other people to avoid that. Yeah, she can hide from her problems. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's also blue, commonly associated with sadness, and she can't stay away from work, like I just said, because she's sad. She and is I sad. I can't blame her. Her kid is pretty nice, nice little kid. She can't spend as much time with him as she would like. She's pretending to want to make things work. And it's not like she has, and it's not like she has like a bad, like, like husband and like this, you know, shitty son. Like, it seems like it would, if she chose to, could have a pretty loving family. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Uh, So it makes you wonder why go to work so much? Why not? (laughs) Well, she does, she does try to take time off. Remember? She did. You're yeah, right. She but took, she got pulled in, man. Yeah. Well, actually, stay away. Yeah. Yeah. That was her choice to go back. Right. And the husband, I'm pretty sure I remember Michael, or the strange husband, Michael, he expressed discontent with that. He was like, I thought you were taking time off. Yeah. So clearly he cares about her. Right. Yeah. I think he's a little more invested, probably because he has a normal job. Uh, he where wants he's help not, with the kid. <laughs> yeah. Where he's not <laughs> taking over people's bodies and killing other people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And next color is white. And she's wearing white when she, you know, the room that she's in um, while she's in control of somebody else's body. She's wearing a white robe. And white is commonly associated with innocence. She comes back. She's absolved of all sin, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's killing other people, but she's wearing white when she comes back because she wasn't, she didn't do it. Technically. Wow. So she's innocent in yeah. that way. You know, angels, nurses, people associate those things with those types of wow. those types of things, you know? Yeah. Um, positivity in a sense. Uh innocence and, and good nature. Yeah. Um, black is another one. The guy that sends her under. You remember the guy that what's his what's his name? Oh, was I it can't remember. The older guy, right? Yes. Do you yeah. remember his name? No, okay. I don't. Okay, oh, well in any guy. case. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he's wearing black, all black, and he's the one that sends her under. Yes. Right? Like, so at one point after the Holly Bergman incident, he encourages her, like, next time just pull the trigger. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, and what's black associated with? Grim Reaper. Yeah. Death. Right? So that's him. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. So many Sean Bean parallels, man. man. Just out of nowhere. It's so weird. Cronenberg loves him. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Um, Yeah, right. So she's refusing to to die um, in other people's bodies. And he's encouraging that. He's trying to facilitate that. You know? Yeah. Wow, man. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... That's crazy. I did... Yeah, I did not pick up that at all i i think i wrote color 
And then I wrote, looks like drive. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So man. no, that that's great, man. I'm glad you kind of you dove into that because don't I, get too excited. There's one more. I definitely didn't catch that. There's one more color. Oh, so there's one more color. What's that last? Don't color? get too excited. Let's hear uh, it. <laughs> red. You ready for me to shut up, huh? No, let's go. <laughs> yeah, red. How did you guess? Uh, I saw your notes. That makes sense. <laughs> They're on Google Docs. So Google, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, red butterfly is red. Oh. Not all butterflies are red. Cronenberg could have easily chosen to make it another color. Mm -hmm. Orange, etc. Yellow. I think butterflies can be yellow. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so red is often associated with passion. The passion she used to have, this is what my notes say, used to have for her life died on her last mission. Self-preservation and indulgence become her priorities. The butterfly... Oh, and... Uh, I forget which scene it is, man. You remember the red suitcases in one of her, one of um, Colin's, one of one of Ava's friends' apartments. Colin goes there later in the movie. There's like these red suitcases on the floor. Oh yeah, because she's like uh, Rita is her name. Right, right. She's Rita. getting ready to leave for the weekend or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, like that passion is kind of, um, kind of would be kind of driven by like traveling indulgence like just taking off whenever you want self-preservation you just you're not worried about anything else right yeah um said so i butterfly the carefree nature that she may have had in the past where she would just take off spontaneously on a trip with her husband and stuff like that or just blow work off because she needs to take a break which she did which she refuses to do is gone that's it it's over she's um Wow. Just not going to do that anymore. And it's because she doesn't have passion for her own life anymore. That's it's good, would, uh, that's, uh, that's the color palette thing, that's I would good, say. Man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't catch that. So thank you for oh, you're welcome. speaking your words to us. Because that, that does make a lot of sense when you talk, when you, you know, describe it back to us. Yeah, and that's not something I look at in every movie. Color, I don't think it's significant in every single movie out there. You know, like, I don't watch Evil Dead or, like, I don't know, The Fly. I don't I don't think those movies really, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not something I think about with every movie. But this, this movie seemed like... It, that it was good to pay attention to the colors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, absolutely. All right, so... I mean, yeah, so I guess, you know, we'll, we'll jump in. So she's, you know, pretty much we get that cool scene where she's taking over Colin's body. Um... And uh, we get, so I'm going to say, sh uh, so this is kind of like the end of uh, Voss's part. So like the way I described this movie is that there's kind of, uh, you know, there's two stories with three parts. Um, you know, you have Voss's story in the beginning, then you have Colin's story, and then you have the, you know, the final battle between the two for the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a good way to um, break it down. So we, we got through Tasia's part and uh, now we're into Colin's part. Um, so, you know, Colin wakes up. I'm just going to say Colin, but we know that Tasia's in his body. Okay, yeah, yeah you want to differentiate. Yeah, I don't want to confuse the audience. Um, all of our audience, of course. Oh, yeah, all two people, <laughs> you which <and> is me. <laughs> us. <laughs> well, maybe one day, man. Maybe there'll be more listeners. Yeah, Cinna, we'll see. my cat. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Is he in here? He's, he might be. He's probably Hopefully under the bed. Because he's going to just <laughs> jump out and scratch and my attack face. You. <laughs> That's terrifying. So, uh... So Colin wakes up, um, 
checks out his junk and uh we got our first cronin boner oh yeah there was uh how could i forget there was a few there was a few boners in this this was uh, necessary yeah it was yeah very boner heavy um <laughs> boner heavy baby that could have um, been the name of the podcast just boner heavy yeah. boner heavy <laughs> that's um, bad so you know colin wakes up goes to ava and ava accuses him of acting weird um and uh like you know, immediately yeah like too. yeah immediately and and you know it's funny because uh in a scene earlier uh, Tasia is practicing for how Colin's going to sound, right? Like she does this whole thing where she like practices the voice and like the mannerisms and intonations and all that. Right, right, right. Um, but as soon as she gets in the body, it's like clear that something she's saying isn't right. It's because she's nervous, I think, on this particular mission. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. Because I think her mind isn't there. Mm. She's she's having second thoughts about Absolutely. what she's doing. And obviously you can't have that. Um. So we get this uh, discussion between Colin and Ava, uh, and then we get uh, we get our first little booger thing, right? That's when the the little uh, the little like booger thing comes in. Do you remember that? You're gonna have to elaborate on that um, for me, because <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on yeah, the booger. So, um, I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe it, because mm-hmm. um, he sees it again a second time. When he's like surveilling people, uh-huh. um, damn it! I'm like he's surveilling to... Ava. Oh, when she is, or when he is? Sorry. No, when uh, sorry, when Colin is like surveying uh, or spying on people at his okay. job. Oh, 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 yes. And he gets okay. that, and the other little booger thing pops up again. Um, oh my gosh, it was. Uh... Damn, now I kind of feel like I didn't do my research, man. Yeah, no, it's like um it's like a like a memory or something oh, like that. Or this, like Oh, oh when he So okay. And is it I'm sorry, when no. it's like remember the scene where he just starts like freaking out when he's working with everybody and he's just like, Oh, like yes. you know, right, okay, and he goes in the bathroom and stuff. Like when that's happening, kinda. Yeah, so pretty much like it was okay. oh I think what it was, it was like a thought fragment. Oh like one right. of Colin's thought fragments. So like the first time uh, it's on the table. Like he touches it and it like disappears or something. I remember. Yeah. Okay. So then there's that second time where he's like, uh, you know, spying on people, um, doing his job. Uh, we get another, uh, Cronin boner. Um, <laughs> and he sees this little thought fragment again and he touches it and this time it connects with him. And this is when he like, uh, passes out. Oh yes. And he's like sweating. He's and sweating and, I he, remember. and he wakes okay. up and Gerder's asking like, oh, are you okay? What's the deal? Yeah, what's going like, on? And she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, uh-huh. I think that was like a piece of his mind that was trying to like take over his body again. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Possibly. Like forcefully. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a, uh, like a, I guess like a virus in a, in a weird kind of way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like trying to forcefully force its way in. Back in. Like, what am I thinking of? I don't know. Um, like, yeah, like, like a virus. So yeah, trying to like force its way back in. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's some, yeah. She went through some, like some, it was, I don't know. They were calling it like a psychic backlash. Mm. So like I said, I guess it was just like pretty much the, the, you know, Colin trying to regain control. Right. Um, which, based on her reaction, I don't think has happened often on the job. 
No. Right? Yeah. Cause no, she you're right. Just taking it pretty hard. Yeah, I don't think she was really prepared for it. Right. Cause she just looks she looks weak. Yeah, is it not beca- good? Is it because like is it because she's like she's weaker? Or is it like could it be possible that Colin just have has a stronger mind? Or do you think it was more just that Voss was kind I of I think it's the mental game, man. Yeah. I think Colin just a little more, I guess, strong willed mentally mm-hmm. than like Holly Bergman, for example. Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because there's zero indication. I mean, that scene is so short in the beginning, but there's zero indication that Holly Bergman has any idea what the hell is going on Yeah, during that whole segment. True, know? true. Uh, yeah, I think that that happens about halfway through her possession of Colin, right? Yeah. About so, halfway through? Yeah, so like then at this point too, like we also get like an idea of what the company does. And like we said before, they're like this data mining company. Um, and Colin's job is to spy on people to find out what blinds they like. Oh, it's so weird. Which is like, you know, only, uh, you know, shows how little, uh, Sean Bean, um, respected Colin. Ooh, yeah. By the fact that he gave him this very low level job. Oh, yes, yes. On yes. the floor. Which... I, I wouldn't want to do that job. No, no, me neither. I don't. It's boring. Yeah, it's boring. Wouldn't... Might get some interesting views, but that's... Uh... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he does witness two people. Or she... Yeah, Colin does witness two people having sex. Yeah. So yeah. that could be interesting, I and, guess. <laughs> yeah, dude. And this is like... I don't know. Brings us back to like... I guess like, you know, reoccurring themes that the Cronenbergs uh, seem to focus on, mm. which would be like uh, technology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like technology is one thing that, you know, always seems to kind of come back as, yeah. as one of their themes, you know. And there's certainly a connection, I think, between technology and sex, I would say, in Cronenberg movies. Oh. Yeah. Would yeah. you not say that? I think so, but just okay. elaborate a little oh, elaborate. Okay, I'll give you an example. Like in The Fly, I mean, this is like a baseline example. Uh, it's not very in-depth, but it's still an example nonetheless. In The Fly, right, uh, he gets contaminated with the fly DNA, Right, but what's the first thing he does when he starts getting in shape? He's looking for people to bang. <laughs> and how did that happen? His invention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, that's right. You can tell before that happens, he's not exactly out and about on the prowl like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a pretty mild-mannered guy. And then all of a sudden, he's just a chick magnet. And he's yes. trying to bone. You know that's, what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then here, right, yeah, and here, it's it's even more straightforward in this movie, like, um, and it's just in that one scene, I think, really, where technology and sex kind of blend together, when he's yeah. watching to see for the yeah. blinds, yeah, and he witnesses people having sex, much more straightforward, but it's still there, nonetheless. Yeah. Because he wouldn't be able to see that without technology. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Yeah. Is that kind of like a... Creep you out a little bit, like kind of. I, I feel like that scene kind of hit a little close to home. Um, not because people are. Are you calling on... me a pervert? <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. No, not because people are like sp- spying on me, like to see my blinds. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, what about like things like Alexa and like you know? Oh yeah. Like I mean, there's definitely like some type of like Big Brother aspect, like listening in. I mean, I can guarantee you, after we stop recording, and we both look at our phones. Let's say I open up Instagram. There's definitely going to be an advertisement of some kind based on what we said. Absolutely. So 100%, no yeah. question. Yeah. I mean, you don't have social media except for Facebook that you check once every six years. But, you know. <laughs> Maybe right, more now. So. About that. You won't see advertisements on Facebook either. 
No. So you're lucky. Yeah, that's true. That but I, even on like commercials, man, like if Barb and I are home, like talking about something and then we turn on the TV or like, it's crazy. Wait, wait, wait. You mean like on cable television? More, no, uh, more like if we're like on HBO, like if we're on HBO oh, Max, oh, like okay. we were talking about like, uh, like loans or something. And then literally like refinancing our loans like popped up. That's like, concerning. Later that day. Yeah. So it's I mean, a, it's not a big, I mean, if they're doing that for advertisement purposes, man, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Personally. No, no, it's, I, I get it. But it just, you know, what can it eventually become? Oh. Will it become oh anything? Do I sound crazy right now? No, that that's scary to think about. I yeah. agree with that. Um, I mean, man, like, I mean, uh, 1984 is a perfect example. Like, dystopian futures, THX 1138, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, yeah, there's always the idea that things will get out of control in terms of, like, observation of the public. And I would like to think we won't be around to see that. But you never know. I guess I don't know. Yeah. But we're, I mean, we're already halfway there. <laughs> They're yeah, like giving it's... us advertisements based on what we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, to continue on with the story, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, essentially the day the party arrives and we're introduced. This is where we're introduced to Sean Bean's character, Mr. John Parse. Um, and he starts off by giving this pompous speech. Uh, what, what's the party for? Remind us. Um, Do we I remember. I thought it was just a yeah. Actually, what is just like party a party? For? Yeah, I thought it was just celebrating well, this. I think he like is planning on launching a new division of the company, I believe, or something to that effect. Okay, that could yeah because that's he, what he says that at the end of the speech. I'm pretty sure. Yes, pompous, you're right. Pompous, pompous speech. speech. It's very important yes, to throw pompous in there. I guess he was. He says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm bored with my, I'm in bored with all of you. I'm bored with you because you're too good at what you do. Oh, so that would make sense. And what he's a like, fucking just yeah, right. asshole. Why not man. just say I'm good? I'm, I'm happy with my employees. Like, yeah. Why? Like I love you guys or something like that. Yeah. Something normal. Yeah. But so, no, he has to be the center of attention. Yeah. So he gives a speech and then uh, the party continues and uh, we get our first interaction with uh, John Parse and uh, Voss as Colin. Oof. Um, and you know, the interaction pretty much goes as suspected, um, where John is a scumbag, uh, who's dismissive of both uh, Ava and Colin. Um, Gerda then tells Voss or yeah, Voss as Colin. It gets a little confusing. It does, is, yeah. it does, it does. Um, to get in a public argument. So, uh, to get in a public argument with John and Ava so that the killing of them both fits this narrative that they're trying to paint. Oh, yeah, I agreed. John Parse, by the way. You said John Ava. John Parse. Yeah, John Parse. John and Ava. Um, oh, John and Ava. John yes. and Ava. Right, because arguing with John will get you in trouble with Ava. Yes. Absolutely. Um, maybe, actually. I don't know. I feel like she kind of thought he was kind of a douchebag, too. Thought Colin was a douchebag? Or her father? No, yeah, we thought, I think Ava thought John, her, her father, father yeah, yeah, was, was a, douchebag. a douchebag. Oh, I'm right? sure she did. Yeah. But there's still... I mean, looking at it through a normal, everyday lens, there's still no excuse to just randomly start shouting, fuck you, in the middle of a party to somebody, especially if it's your fiancé's father. I don't know, man. He you was know. pretty uh, He was pretty rude to Ava, too. That's true. Right? Like, I feel like he was... I can't remember exactly what she said, but I remember just, like, he was pretty... Pretty dismissive. Yeah. I mean, he was also just shitting on her fiancé, like, right in front of like, her. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he exactly. He just didn't yeah. fucking care. yeah. Um, so then we get my, uh, my favorite, uh, I guess, quote of the scene, uh, I'm a fucking giant. Oh yeah. Like, 
so this was this was very well acted by uh, Christopher Abbott. Oh, because he has to play. So he's playing two parts. Yeah, dude kills it. Bro. Yeah, he's, he's playing good. himself, but then at the same time he's trying to play not himself. Yeah, like how do you go about that? You're trying to play someone in your body. I don't know. So that's, yeah, it's it's that's it's tough. Yeah, it's it's weird and uh, it's hard. And I feel like he does a great job portraying both sides absolutely um but yeah he he gets into this argument and uh he gets kicked out of the party and then you know lingers in the backyard which was a little funny um like a well he was lingering in the backyard like a drunk guy at a party he was playing a part perfectly that's, actually yeah that's that's a good point so i know i, I did that in college yeah it's <laughs> i got kicked out of a party just kind of hang around back yeah and try just and sneak wonder in afterwards. how to get home yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so he's he's pretty much hanging back there um after the party ends he enters through the back door and uh again instead of uh you know going for the gun which he clearly has he uh decides to grab a fire poker um a interesting weapon of choice um and uh with brutal fashion, after getting into another argument with John, uh, he overpowers him and proceeds to uh, jam the fire poker into his mouth, um, plucking out some teeth. If I believe, I'm pretty sure if few know. teeth came plucking? out, I, I, I think he just hit him so fucking hard that it just it came out. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because that shit was brutal. Like, yeah. that would be number one on the Sean Bean death list if he died. If Oh, for if sure. If he had died, that's... You oh, don't man. get much more brutal than that. Yeah, man. no, it doesn't. Like, and Black then, Death and, and this probably would be top, yeah, battling for the I, top spot. I, if I might, you were going by violence. Yeah. And not by uh, dramaticism. I think, yeah, I think I would still put this one higher. Because then he pulls the fire poker out. And then... Plucking is a good word. He puts it into his eye and plucks out his eye. Oh, goddamn, dude! That shit is—it was tough, man, to watch that. Honestly, it's I like th- one of those moments where you just feel your mouth just like open. Yeah, it's yeah. like fuck. That looks horrible. Yeah, and um, it was all practical effects, right? I- I'm pretty. I would sh- think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this whole movie was practical effects. Yeah, I think I think so. Which man. is which is great. It's great. You don't see that as much anymore well yeah because i don't know is practical effects cheaper than cgi or is it vice versa i would think vice versa that's why like all like those low budget films do like the really shitty cgi oh my god unless it's more expensive to do good cgi oh yeah i see i see maybe i don't know you ever seen the 2011 thing uh prequel slash remake before parts of it it was uh oh my god yeah that's pretty much why I've only seen parts. I mean, I always go back to that as like the perfect example of just how fucking terrible CGI can be for a movie, man. Because, you know, you look at the thing, uh, incredible, incredible practical effects, man. Like some of the best probably ever, yeah. if not the best ever. Yeah. Are, right. Are you talking about uh, the original thing? Uh, oh, 19, oh. Not the original. The Technically, the remake of the thing, 1982, 1982 John Carpenter. Yeah, right, right. Because there's that other one thing from another world, yeah, in like 53, I think, yeah, or 51. Um, that's like some incredible stuff, man. And then you go to the prequel slash remake of the original movie, um, in 2011, and it's just bad. Like, 
yeah. it was an okay movie. It would have been better if they had practical effects. They just screwed it up, man. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years later, and it didn't do it any justice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I don't even want to talk about it. It's just, it's upsetting me to even think about <laughs> it. Um, but, yeah, man. Okay. So, he, he kills him. Yeah. So, or... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We think I misspoke. We think he's we dead. We think he's dead. We think he's dead. <laughs> right. Um, and Ava comes running in and uh, sees this and obviously tries to run, um, but gets unloaded in her back. Oof. So yeah, that's that's when uh, that's when Colin decides to use the pistol. So she gets shot in her back. We kind of see her disappear from the frame, um, uh, and we see her uh, in the hall trying to crawl away. Uh, Colin takes a gun takes his gun and just kind of finishes it off execution style yeah back of the head pretty rough um uh so at this point we think you know both parses are dead right the 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 job's been done um so colin puts the gun in his mouth um and tells girder to pull her out um but once again voss is unable to pull the trigger um and at that moment is when that uh i'll call it psychic backlash erupts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh colin he pretty much yeah he gains he regains control of his body because he ha- so he has the knife in his uh the, was it a knife or a fire poker did he still have the fire poker i think he switched to a knife yeah i think yeah so he takes that and he jams it in th- into his head to kind of disrupt the implant <sighs> which is brave because i don't I mean, I guess in that situation, I would, but I don't know if I could stab myself in the head like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty rough. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, too. Oh, yeah. It's pretty small. It's not a big implant. I guess you could really feel it, though. It might be small, but I guess if you you come to, it's like you can feel it. It is in your brain. You know where it is, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I never had an implant in my brain before, so I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he he uh, regains control of his body. Now he's sitting there looking at uh, what he just did. Um, he freaks out and he uh, you know runs out um, of the house. So um, you know we we kind of uh, pan to the support staff and you know they want to disconnect Voss prematurely, which would uh, you know either kill her or give her some type of brain brain damage. But Gerder uh, orders them to give her more time. They want to see if she can kind of regain control. Right. They they're talking about doing that because she's like bleeding, right? Yes. After he yeah. starts like yes, messing with the implant and stuff, she starts to like bleed and like I think twitch a little bit. I think they thought at some point at that point she would have some type of like permanent brain damage, you know, yeah. and they just wanted to keep it from being uh I guess uh, worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um But I think Gerder was right to say wait. Because as we see later down the line in the movie, it turns out to be a good decision. You know, Gerda waiting to pull Tazia out, even though she's like convulsing and bleeding. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about the third part. So there's some other stuff you wanted to hit about the uh, party scene, right? No, there's not. Okay, nope. <laughs> my bad. All right, so <laughs> I'll continue on then. Um, so as far as that scene is concerned, uh, well, just Colin in general. This is kind of what I want to get into. Um. And some of the parallels between um, John Pars and like the companies that he's portrayed as owning, you know, to the ones in real life, like those kind of companies, like if you think about like Amazon, like not to criticize them because they can definitely hear everything I'm saying, but um, 
let's be real, man. Their workers are not making a lot of money. Jeff Bezos is like a super quadrillionaire, whatever it is, <laughs> right? They could definitely be making more money, but they don't, like most companies, care about Their other boys. people, right? Yeah, exactly, right? So his company, John Paris and Amazon, uh, as well as the company that Tazia works for, they have little to no regard for human life. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. you're thinking, like, not only are they assassinating people, um, Tazia Voss's company, or Gerda's company, I should say, not only are they assassinating people, but they're also, like, chipping away at somebody's mental well-being for the sake of having ease of execution in the mission. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you're taking over somebody's body. That's going to fuck with you. It has to. Yeah. If you're doing it, like, all the time. I Absolutely. mean, again, she has to take time off. She has to. Yeah. Because you can't do that and expect not to be fucked up. Yeah. Um, so going on about John's company, what's the name again? Zuthru. Zuth. What a stupid so name. So stupid. What a stupid name for a stupid asshole Zuthru. to run a stupid company. I guess company. it's fitting then. It <laughs> yeah, fits I guess the person. So. I guess so. <laughs> Sean Bean plays it so good, man. Yeah, he does. Um, still hate him. <laughs> yeah, he still sucks. <laughs> a good actor, though. Let's Great actor. clarify. Um, I actually love him. <laughs> yeah, he's good, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So... Even though Colin's job, you know, you said before, it's like kind of menial, right? It's like, yeah, it's a yeah. shitty job. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's still for a good company. So I'm putting him, how much do you think he makes? If you had to oh, guess. Oh, man. I mean, like, are we talking salary wise or hourly? Hourly. Let's do it hourly. Oh. This is set in the present, right? Yeah. Try to adjust for inflation uh, <laughs> if it was future. I don't know how to do that. I don't either. Okay. Um, maybe like, I don't know, 25. You think more? You're gonna go that high? I was gonna go lower. Oh, lower, really? Yeah. yeah I mean, because he's just staring at a computer screen. Yeah, like you said, it's for a big company, so maybe they're low, low wage employees. Well, I was again drawing a parallel to Amazon. So I was thinking $7. like seventeen. Okay, thirty <laughs> cents. Uh, I was thinking like seventeen. Okay. Because remember, John Paris hates Colin. That's true. Can't stand him. So You're why right. would he give him a twenty five dollar an hour job? You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yes, okay, so Colin has a decent job, let's say, right? Okay. While he has a decent job and he's dating John's daughter, the benefits to the relationship with the daughter are heavily outweighed by John's incredibly apparent disdain for Colin. Like, yeah, you got some perks. You got a you know, nice-looking fiancé. You guys do coke together. It's great. Everything's fine. Uh, and a decent job. You don't need to really worry. She's got money, obviously, because yeah. the dad is seems like, you know, even though he's critical of both of them, he seems like he's pretty, like they got an apartment. Like she didn't get that money on her own. She still gets know, an allowance. Do? do you know what she does for a living? Uh, do no, remember? I don't. Actually, does she even work for the company? No, I don't think so. She gets an allowance. She might do something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Even if she doesn't, like, I feel like despite the tough love, he would still be willing to help her out with money. Yeah. That's yeah. the vibe I get from him. Yeah, because you know? money's meaningless to him. Exactly. Because yeah. he's got so much of it, mm-hmm. like Jeff Bezos and Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> See a connection I, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except Sean Bean has hair. Nice hair. Jeff Bezos is bald. It resembles <laughs> a penis. Um, <laughs> in any case. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, and I think for Tazia, like, you know, she's... So to speak, she's walking a mile in somebody else's shoes every day of her life. And I think with Colin, the lesson for her, you know, because again, with being dissatisfied with her own life, the lesson for her could be 
never think somebody has it better than you based on what you see. You know what I'm saying? You see somebody, they got a lot of money or they have a convenient job, you know, hot fiance, whatever. Right. Um, because Colin's life kind of sucks. It, it does. does. Yeah. He's getting, being constantly criticized by his fiance's father. He has a menial job. Uh, it's a miracle that he got a fiance. Let's put it that way. By modern American male standards, it's a it's a miracle. Yeah, so, well, like yeah. um even in the in the beginning, um Gerder paints this narrative. So like to kind of uh you know convince Voss, you know, like how the story's gonna play out. And she says, Imagine Colin as the unstable lover who holds no power in the relationship mm-hmm. and becomes more erratic every day that eventually he snaps. Like that makes sense. That's what Gerda said? Yeah. She was Tutasia. To Tazia. Before she goes in. Um, before, yeah. That's right, pretty on the nose. Pretty on the nose. Exactly. And it like, it like, you know, proves the point you're making exactly. Like they wanted to paint this believable narrative. Oh. And it go- that's exactly what I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. If I was the fiance. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah, Until he, the acts weird. Until then, the acts Then weird. you know the difference. Yeah. Then you know his, his mind's getting controlled. <laughs> that's risky, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and I, and I think in the mansion scene, you know, when things start to go to shit, like, for example, when uh, Colin slash Tazia is killing in the act of, or attempting to kill, sorry, in the act of attempting to kill John Parse, I think, personally, uh, there's a disconnect on display there in the sense that you don't know who's really doing the killing or attempted killing. Yes. Because Colin really hates john obviously they hate each other so who's to say he doesn't snap do that himself how do we know he's not in control in that particular moment yeah you know moments of intense emotion maybe his right, exactly. mind took over or maybe their <clears throat> excuse me maybe their minds are almost like meshing together in a weird kind of way like they both have a common objective at that point yeah you know because tazia is there to kill him even though Colin doesn't know this, like who knows what their brains are doing together? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think that's that's something to look at for sure. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, just talking about the scenery in the scene, I think it's in the mansion, I want to say. Uh, Colin's walking through, and I guess it's just like a design choice, but overhead is like a chandelier. And at the actual ceiling level... There's like a target. It looks like a target. Really? Right? Yeah, yeah. And to me, that was like almost like a reminder for Tazia to like stay on task. Like a stylistic kind of oh, little wow. thing that Cronenberg threw in there. Yeah. That's how I was feeling. Cause like, I don't know, you have Gerda reminding her constantly. One. Yeah, and like why put that target there at all? Does it need to be there? Not really. Is any normal person gonna have that? in their house for some reason. Like, I don't imagine that you would do that or that anybody <laughs> would choose to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like in terms of like home decor design, yeah. I should say. Like if you look at HGTV, I'm sure you'll never see that ever. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't watch that. I mean, I watch it a little bit. It's pretty good. It's depends right. on what you're watching. I do a lot of a lot of House Hunters International. No, that's pretty good, man. Pretty you plan good. on moving? Probably not for ever no <laughs> probably i'll probably be on long island for the rest of my life that's the idea at least yeah um yeah, but that's... yeah it just seems like an odd 
not an odd thing, but it's just something that didn't need to be there. So it's got to mean something in my eyes. Yeah. The target, you know what I'm saying? Like why I put it there. It'll be interesting to kind of go back and rewatch this and just pay a little more attention to the background instead of just like the actual uh, storyline itself. Yeah, I mean, it's hard on your first watch through, man, because this is the first time we've both seen this movie. It's hard the first time to really like get in depth with it because there's so much you have to pay attention to, man. There's dialogue. There's like uh, mannerisms. And this isn't like a straightforward movie. Like there's a lot to think about. There's a lot of... 100%, man. Yeah, a lot of it's open to interpretation. 100%. Um, Yeah, so, and I think in part of that, like, talking about uh, when he's killing John Parse, when he or she is killing John Parse, you know, it goes back to the idea that there's meshing of not only mind, but flesh for both of them, because they're like, they're essentially sharing the body, I think, at that point, from that point forward. That's Mm kind of when it starts. Um, And, yeah, and I think... You know, Tazi is like the killing for her is like a means of release and arousal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like a like a yeah, like almost like a stress reliever. Yeah. Because again, why choose to use something that's gonna like allow you to get up close and personal when you can use a gun? Yeah. Much easier. Oh yeah. I never killed anybody, but if I did, I would probably use a gun. It's yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, and she failed to kill him. So right, right. Further proving the point. That exactly. Gun she should use this more use effective. Gun. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so that release, you know, it doubles for her and Colin. It's released from him from this horrible prison of a rich man constantly telling you, telling you that, my voice just cracked, that's embarrassing, <laughs> telling you that, I'm 12, <laughs> telling you that uh, you suck at everything you do. Um, so there's definitely something to be to be had there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so... Colin uh, runs out of the house uh, desperately, and he goes to, um, uh, her name is uh, Rita, who is one of Ava's friends that we see um, early on in the film. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, here we confirm he is uh, actually, he is having an affair, um, because they kiss each other, and you know, they talk about, you know, I don't know what they talk about. Whatever people who are having affairs talk about. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, so, you know, he says he can't go. He can't go home. He got in a fight with Ava. She says he can stay there. Um, she, she's getting ready to go out uh, of town for the weekend. Um, so she goes into the shower. Um, you know, Colin's, you know, walking around the apartment and uh, we see him pull out the gun. At this point, this is, well, no, it, at this point, we th- think it's colin but why would colin pull out the gun on rita that's right a great like question this might be like what you said the meshing of the minds like there's seen there's yeah. parts where uh tasia's mind or conscious comes into uh like control right uh yeah i mean i guess you could say that like at a given like in a given segment or sequence like for example the scene you're talking about there might be one instance where it's Tazia making a decision and minutes later or seconds later, it could be Colin. Mm-hmm. The decision to pull the gun, I'd probably have to attribute that to, I don't know, it's hard to say. Because like, if it was Tazia, let's say, right? She's just, I don't know, fed up with the situation, just frustrated. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to make it. Uh, well, yeah, it's probably Colin, man. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, oh no, I was actually thinking the opposite. I oh. was, I was thinking it was Tasia. Um, oh wow, okay. Uh, I thought you were saying thinking it was Colin. No, because so he like, you know, she pulls out the gun, and points it at Rita while she's in the shower, and then blacks out. Um, and while oh, right. and while yeah. she's blacked out, she has those visions of uh, visiting um, John. Remember. She's like walking around and he's in a wheelchair uh-huh. um, and he's all scarred up from like the, the fire poker mm-hmm. um, and then awakes to knocking on the door. So I feel like at that point, um, Tasio was in charge, in charge, shot the gun, blacks out. Colin takes control again uh-huh. and wakes up because mm-hmm. he awakes to knocking on the door and it's uh, our main man, Eddie. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Eddie. I guess that guy. was a character I would have rooted for. Had yeah, he, had he stayed alive you know, longer. Yeah, he was yeah. just a pawn. Yeah, yeah, the whole you feel bad for him almost. I yeah, guess. a little bit. Um, just doing his job. Yeah, he was just doing his job, but uh, yeah, he was a sacrificial lamb, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, he pretty much uh, tells uh, Colin that, you know, he needs to, excuse me, yeah, tells Colin that... Uh, because it's Colin at this point. Yeah, now I think it's Colin at this point. Right? So he needs yeah. to... So he's he's connecting him to a recalibration machine. Right? I think in an effort to easier facilitate, like, um, Tazia being able to just, like, leave or whatever. Yeah, and I guess to have Colin... Because the eventual goal is to have Colin dead at the end of it. Yeah. Right, they're not gonna leave oh, him alive because oh. he knows what's going on. Duh. Yeah. So yeah, you know what we I'm um, right. So he wakes to knocking on the door. It's Eddie. Eddie goes through his whole spiel of, "Oh man, what's going on? How you doing?" And then knocks Colin out. And when Colin awakes, it's Voss again. Uh huh. And he's saying she needs to regain control. Um. So he has this her set up on this recalibration machine mm-hmm. so that she can, uh, you know, uh, you know, continue on with the mission. Right. Um. Obviously, we find out Eddie works for the company um, and tells Voss that, you know, she needs to complete the suicide, uh, you know, so that the company's cover isn't blown. She still can't do it. Still can't do it. Yeah. Um, Once again, uh, you know, he goes to, he puts her under. And this is where we get like that battle scene, that really cool battle scene, which I like considered the third part, I guess, if yeah, I was yeah. describing like parts of the movie. That's fair. Yeah. So this is that that scene we were talking about earlier. It's this wild dreamlike scene where Colin enters the room, this room, and attacks Voss. Uh, he strangles her and crushes her skull. Uh, it's yeah, it, it, it's like popping like a watermelon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I, I can't imagine it's that easy. But, yeah, yeah, I can't either. Yeah. <laughs> And she got like gigantic like girl arms. Oh god. Uh so the you know, he crushes her skull, he he rips it off, and then he puts it on you know, a little a little throwback to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even wow, I didn't I didn't think of that. Yeah. I didn't think of that. So like at this point he's able to access Voss's thoughts. Um we go through this whole scene of him kind of reliving her thoughts. Um, you know, Really, just unsettling. Uh, where he's like in her face, like getting really banged weird. by by her husband. Really weird. Um, and then that scene where he's standing over Ira, yeah, the, the son. Creepy man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta imagine he's pretty pissed off 
at this point. Yeah. So he's going to be creeping a little yeah. bit. <laughs> he's <laughs> That's gonna be for sure. A bit. He's going to be creeping. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pretty cool practical effects once again. Um, and uh, the scene ends. Colin wakes up, uh, sees Eddie dead on the floor, and, uh, you know, poor Eddie. And we, we realize at this point that Colin's in control. That was Colin, right? That it has was, to be. Yeah, yeah, because he crushed her. He was that was him regaining right uh, control of the body and the mind. So he okay, yeah, he yeah, yeah no, up. no, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you you could make a stretch argument that it was Tasia mm-hmm. for the whole reason that uh, again she's dissatisfied with her own life, so she's trying to prolong staying there as much as humanly possible. That would be the stretch argument. That's true. But it's definitely uh, Colin. Well, I that's would say. yeah, and like you said, I think it depends on like the. Uh, what type of emotion is right. going on, I guess, because, uh, you know, Colin wakes up, he grabs the gun, and he tries to shoot himself. Clearly, that's Tasia. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you could make the argument it was one or the other. Um, right, right, right. But uh, I would say Colin because uh, fight or flight uh, is kicking in for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he's going to shoot whoever he think he got to shoot, basically. Yeah, that's true. You know, except um, himself. Except himself. <laughs> except himself. Uh, so... Now he knows where uh, Voss's family lives. And it's time to pay a little visit to uh, Michael and little Ira. Oh, yeah. critical information, man, to know where them people live. Yeah. Um, so you kind of see him outside. His uh, It's like their townhouse, right? Mm-hmm. They're like little townhomes. Uh, and he waits until nighttime. I think he comes in contact with Ira. Ira's outside playing or something yeah, like yeah, that, right, right? right? Yeah, so and he's he, like talking to him. Yeah, so I think he was just trying to confirm that's, in fact, the two people they were looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, nighttime falls, and uh, he breaks in, and he holds Michael hostage, right? Thinking that he has something to do or knows where Voss is. Right. Uh, Poor Michael's scared out of his mind because yeah. he has no idea what's happening. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't even... He doesn't I don't even think he knows. Does he know what his wife does for, no. or a strange wife does for a living? No. No. No, he right? definitely doesn't. Mm-hmm. That explains a lot. Yeah, when I mean, it's not like you're married for how many years? You have a kid who's like ten. Yeah, and you never talked about like your career. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's certain professions, man. Like even real world professions, where, like, I know people. I'm not gonna say names, but I know people who aren't supposed to talk about like what they do because they work for like the government in a certain yeah you know respect like in a certain um, type of profession. Yeah, maybe. And they're just literally not, because it's like classified information. I guess that's probably why, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could kind of like get away with saying that. Mm-hmm. And that, in a sense, protecting both Ira and Michael by providing as little information as possible. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because then you have situations like this when people figure out what's going on and they come come by your apartment. Yeah, yeah. Um. So... Right, we have this whole this break in scene. Um, Colin, in control, yells at Voss to come out or he'll kill Michael. Um, at which point, the two kind of have this discussion on the uh, the psychic plane. Um, Voss tells Colin he's been in control the entire time, uh, which it's total bullshit. Yeah, it's a load it's of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, of course. It was just to kind of fuck with him a little more. Um, right. And while they're having this discussion, uh, Michael's able to disarm Colin and uh, grab the gun and shoot him. 
uh, unfortunately, he's not a sharpshooter. And uh, caught Colin in the shoulder, I believe. And it uh, doesn't stop Colin because uh, yeah. Colin, once again, in brutal fashion, who uh, is up for debate who's in control at this point, right? grabs a butcher knife and, uh, you know. Does the deed. Does the deed, yeah. yeah. Takes care of Michael. Yeah, Michael was not as sharp anything, let it, alone shooter. Yeah, um, yeah, we're not we're not really sure who's in control at this point. Yeah, um, my thoughts would be that Voss was in control. Um, oh, right, and hundred percent. Yeah, and the reason why is that she asks to be pulled out immediately after. Only something that Voss would know to ask. Right, and. Uh... I mean, again, it goes back to the dissatisfaction with the personal life and trying to please Gerder um, in terms of, like, letting go of personal attachment. Um, and the best way to do that is to kill him dead. Yeah. Right? Kill your kill your estranged husband and your son dead. That's the best way. Is that, if you're looking for a way out. That's all that's, you got to do? That's it. That's it. That's wow. all you got to do. Just keep it, you know, not so messy and uh, you should be good. Who would have thought it would be that easy? I, I didn't. No, I mean, I've also never thought about doing that. It's <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, I haven't. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you got to lean heavy, Tazia. You got to lean yeah. heavy on her, man. I, 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 It's easy to think it's Colin because, obviously, he goes there with the intention of finding out what's going on. You, you wouldn't even say he goes there with the intention of killing these people. No. Right? That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, I think that entire time leading up to entering the apartment... It's him. Then, when the confrontation starts, that's when Tazia comes back in. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Because the way that um, Colin kills Michael was in the same fashion that both the lawyer was killed, like, just brutally and, like, with an intense emotion. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Up close and personal. Yeah. A uh, knife, uh, fire poker, etc. Yeah. And a butcher knife. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, you know, once again, she's unable to commit suicide. Um, and at this point, uh, we see... Do we even see Ira, or do we just see the knife going into uh, Colin's neck? I think Ira's off-frame Yep. when uh, when he stabs Colin. Uh, yeah, and then they show that it's him. Yep. And you're like, oh my God, how could that little boy be so brave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows and exactly where to stab him, right in the jugular. It's not him. So it doesn't matter. It's not. Yeah. As, uh, as, um, Colin's bleeding out, he shoots Ira several times. Uh, <laughs> pretty traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. Very graphic. Um, you know, and as they both lie there dying, uh, Colin hears Ira say, pull me out. Mm -hmm. Um, so we cut back to the assassination headquarters and we see that Gerder played by Jennifer Jason Lee, <laughs> has infiltrated Ira's body in order to commit the murder. Oh, man. So, tough. So, like, this is where I'm curious. Do mm. they have, like, I'm assuming they have some type of cleanup crew, right? Oh, 100%. Right. Because uh, it's pretty messy. Yeah, and, and how would you be able to, like, justify why Colin was at the home of... You, Michael and Ira's. You, you know couldn't. What? You couldn't. It would appear as a uh, random act of violence, man. Yeah. Right? Right. Like, there's, nobody is going to understand the connection. Because you got to assume that company that Tazia works for is operating in total secrecy. True. True. Like, they probably, do they even have a name? 
Do we remember that? No. There's I, like no logo or yeah, nothing. No, nothing. Total secrecy. Yeah, they work in this huge building in this like one room. Like, right. Yeah, you would never suspect that that's where their company is held either. It's or like that's what they're doing in there. Or that's what they're doing. Right. So, uh, yeah, they got to have a cleanup crew. No question about it. Yeah. I mean, well, I, because if you're possessing another body, you're not really worried about your DNA being anywhere. So maybe they don't have a cleanup crew. They don't need it. True, but it, then that connection will be drawn back to Tasia. Like, why? Like, like oh, let's, because her husband and because her husband and son were killed I by see. this guy who I owns see. his company. And but who would they ask? That's the thing. Because if Colin's dead, uh, Ava is dead. John. Oh, John is still alive. John is That's still right. alive. That's right. I forgot. So I forgot. Yeah. About that. So this whole plan was fucked. Yeah. No, it was okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's fair. They got to have a cleanup crew because. God forbid somebody survives and John. they say enough things, you know, to police or whoever, investigators, I guess they can try to start drawing conclusions and maybe get to Tasia. Not to mention Tasia. John has a lot of money and I'm sure would go to a lot of trouble trying to figure oh. out what happened and he would oh, yeah. somehow draw some sort of connection. Right, 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 um, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have some, some way of cleaning up at least. Unless be it smart was, too, at least. Yeah, unless it was like just out of like frustration, he went to another home and just randomly committed this like this act. But yeah, I mean, it does happen. But yeah, it does. Crimes of crimes of uh, you wouldn't call it a crime of passion, I guess. Yeah. In this case. Yeah, the first one were crime, crimes of passion. The I'm um, when, when Colin oh, kills. Oh yeah, when he kills John uh, and Ava. John and Ava. Right, right. right. That's one hundred percent. Yeah, tries yeah. to. Right. There we keep doing that. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy to assume everybody dies. Yeah. Because that's what everybody wants when you watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's dead. It's great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the film ends uh, with Gerda giving those debriefs to Voss by asking her the three questions. Um, and uh, it ends with that final question about the butterfly being pinned. And she asks if she f- still feels guilty about doing that as a kid. Does she answer no, or does it just kind of cut out? Like I'm, I feel like she says no. I think she says no. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she yeah. says no, and this, um, you know, proves the point that she clearly remembers who she is. Like that's mm-hmm. why I get to the point that these questions weren't for her to remember who she is, um, but to uh, confirm that she's no longer tied to her past. Uh-huh. And continue and can continue in the path that Gerder wanted her to. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. So Gerder, at the end of the day, gets exactly what she wanted mm-hmm. at the expense of the lives of a non sharpshooter in Michael and a little boy in Ira. <laughs> it's pretty sad, man, when you think about it. Yeah, these you know, it's completely innocent. In and the they, case of Michael and Ira. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Not John Parson. Very. He deserved that. Yeah, very selfish on, on Voss's part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and this this makes you ask, man, was this Gerder's plan all along? Like, is she that calculated that she could plan ooh, this well in advance? To, like, involve Michael and Ira in such a way that it ends up with um, Tazia being fully committed to the work. Yeah, like how other... That's what, a good question. Yeah, how other way to, like, get her into her work than to have her kill the two people that you know, keeps her from being fully um, committed. committed. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure she's pretty smart. Uh, she's been in the game a long time. She used to do exactly what Tazia does now. 
So she probably learned a thing or two, man. I, I didn't think about that, but it's a good chance yeah, that, and, that she did that. Yeah. Like, is she able to control, like, the strength of Voss's consciousness Ooh, within know, a body? Man. Or is it kind of more like an all or nothing? Like, if she could kind of, like, turn the dial up and then turn it back down. Right, like, right, right. Like, all right, now Colin's in control. Now you're going to see Voss's mind. Ooh, man. Maybe not. I don't know. I think... Maybe it was just a... Uh, Maybe she just saw an opportunity. Yeah. And yeah, okay. right, right, right. Because like once Colin starts, uh, you know, taking control a little bit and you have the things you mentioned earlier, she was touching like the booger. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, like maybe uh, Gerda sees that as an op to kind of start sowing the seeds, you know. Yeah. To like get yep. what she wants out of the situation. Because mm-hmm. like if Tazi's not in control completely, she's going to be easier to manipulate by sleight of hand. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I also have a question. Uh, do you remember the scene? I don't remember when it occurs exactly, but there's a scene where Colin is kind of just sitting on the floor in a bedroom, and this is like a just massive blue tint over the screen. Do you remember this? I'm trying to like, do you know what part of the movie? I'm it was trying at? to remember. I think it's like after he kills. Uh, his side piece, what's the girl's name again? Arita. Arita. I think it's after that whole situation. Um, I don't know, and I was just thinking about, again, talking about the blue thing with sadness and things like that. Who is that in that oh. scene? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I mean... Colin. Colin? Think, right? Yeah. I feel like. I think it's right before the... Uh, the scene where you know he puts the mask on, a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I think it's okay. right before that, okay, or after that, one of those two. Okay, yeah, that would make sense in that it was Colin. All right, it would make sense that it was after, because uh, you know he's going through all this crazy stuff. Yeah, and he's just, but it could also be Tazi. It's hard to say. I mean, and he's he's also just realized that he's killed uh, Ava. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. He's oh, I killed, think it was after that. Yeah, her, his side piece. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean John, which I don't know if oh he, which he didn't, but he didn't. Yeah, it doesn't he he care about he that. He wouldn't feel enough. bad about that. Yeah. Like, fuck that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. Um, what about Colin's conscious? Like, do you think it's lost or do you think a part of it is still mm. left? Like I don't know how that works. Like, did he maybe not? It's possible. Let me ask you this. In the last segment when they're doing the you know, reassociation exercise to get her back. Mm-hmm. Do they show the other items or just the butterfly? I can't remember. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I actually don't remember the first two questions because they didn't seem as relevant as the third. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Um, nah, because I was thinking like in an extreme case, like, yeah, it's possible, I guess, in this type of work that maybe Colin and Tazia's like consciousness is however you say that word switched like just before he was killed that's somewhat possible yeah because you know like he's saying or she's saying that she feels no remorse i mean i I think it's hard to get into this movie without drawing like a ton of parallels man yeah because like yeah i mean every answer every action could easily be one or the other colin or tazia so that's that's kind of something it I don't want to say it's over to interpretation, but it's kind of open to interpretation. Yeah, I, I and I, I you yeah, know, I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, like, 
that was the point of Cronenberg's, you know, like why he kind of went in that direction. Like mm. the more ambiguous it is, the more open to interpretation it is. And a movie, he wanted his movie to be talked about. Hence why we're talking about it <laughs> right now. He did a pretty now. good job. Yeah, he did a pretty good job, right? R- rather than making it just like one layer movie, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Where it's predictable and nothing to talk about at the end. Right, right. Like that's that's why, you know, I would say that about the end because why would Colin feel any remorse for something he doesn't recognize? Right. But this is only more true if they don't show the first two items. I can't remember if they do. If they do, I would say it's definitely Tazia. Mm-hmm. If they don't, it's definitely Colin. I can't remember. But right. that's maybe that's, yeah, that's, that's part of it. There man. we go, man. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. Yeah. But um I don't know. I think that we pretty much covered everything I yeah. think that we wanted to cover. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on? No, I it? just I, very well done. Uh the effects were uh visually pleasing. Oh disorienting at times but uh yeah i remember i remember like i was sitting in a dark room were you when you watched this no i actually watched it like during the day which okay lucky yeah i would i think i would have uh rather watched at night (laughs) yeah i almost got blinded honestly watching (laughs) it at night because there's a couple of sequences in there that would give me give me a seizure if i was prone to those oh yeah 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 Yeah. you know like all the uh the dreamlike sequences you were talking about before yeah um yeah, no, man, but it's, it's super well done. It's uh, exciting to think about what Cronenberg, Brandon Cronenberg, might be doing, man, in the future. I haven't heard anything about... I hope, I hope he doesn't wait another eight years. Cause, yeah, uh, that would be annoying. Yeah, um, he's, it's, you know, he's following... I. The way I look at it is he's following the same path of his father, but he's not walking in the same footsteps. Oh, he's doing his own thing for he's, sure. Oh, for sure, established him, uh, his own uh, identity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, I mean, looking at his letterbox profile, uh, Possessor is the last movie on there, so there's no like upcoming anything. Like if you look at Robert Eggers, um, you know, Lighthouse and Witch. If you look at his, it has Nosferatu, which is like his next movie or whatever. Yeah. But nothing for Brandon Cronenberg. I said, yeah, this movie just came out too, so he's got a little time before we really start wondering yeah. like what the deal is. Cause yeah. Because he needs to take time off and stuff, you know? Just not two, not eight years or nine yeah, years. Yeah, not eight years. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to see something, at least news. I would want to see news within like two years. Yeah. You know, like it's maybe in in production. Yeah. Not post-production. I'm okay with that. I don't want to rush him. Yeah. Let him take, take his, his time. time. Yeah. Right? Especially if he's using practical effects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so what you thinking, man? Like, you're going to slap a rating on this thing, which, by the way, the ratings on this show will be on a out of 10 basis. Yeah. So what you thinking? Um, eight out of 10, man. Eight That's my 10. go-to. Yeah, it was It was good. It was, um, you know, he took a... Uh, a a convoluted uh, plot and made it easy to understand. Oh, it could have easily been it, like it could have been very a hard mess. to yeah exactly like Inception. Mm-hmm. I had to watch that like three times for it to make sense. Yeah, you did more than I did. I didn't, I didn't watch it second and third. Time. <laughs> I was yeah, too just, confused. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to risk it. Yeah, no, he made it very easy to understand and easy to follow. Um, great visuals, uh, acting was great. Christopher Abbott did a great job portraying to. Uh, Two different characters. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, man. You got to check out Antiviral too, man, if you get a chance. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll... Uh, it's not as good, in my opinion, but it's still, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. I think after seeing his work here that... Um, uh, You're interested? You know, yeah. I'm yeah, it's got uh, Caleb Landry Jones, the um, the son. You've seen Get Out, obviously. Yeah. Right. The son in Get Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. like, he's, really weird trying yes. to wrestle him at the dinner table. Yeah, I, I actually like that actor a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's the main character in uh, Antiviral. Oh, great. Yeah. Then I'll definitely check it out. He does a pretty out. good job. It's, wor- it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to slap a rating on it, I would probably do the same, 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, you know how, like, let's say there was a movie that you thought could be 10 out of 10, right? But then there was a reason, a concrete reason that you knew it wasn't. So you bump it down to like nine or eight. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those movies. It's just, it's based on feel for me this time around. Like, I'm just like, it just feels like an eight. Like, it's a really strong movie, but it's not a 10. Yeah, it's you not perfect. Saying? Like, there's movies that are perfect that everybody has in mind. Like, I know you have probably movies you could think off the top of your head that are 10 out of 10. I know I do. Yeah, yeah, you know for sure. Saying? But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's... It's really, really good, but it's not on the same level as like a renowned classic, like a, uh, just for example, and this is not bias, even though it's my favorite movie of all time, uh, 10 out of 10 would be Alien, Ridley yep. Scott's Alien. Aliens, 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, also great, man. Yeah. Also great. Also oh, yeah. great. Um, I Tremors. mean, that's just the... Tremors. <laughs> yeah, Clear Tremors, 10 out of 10. Tremors is up there. I would give that like a 9.9. Just shy. <laughs> just shy of a 10. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Bacon is cool, man. That was great. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, uh, like, yeah, like Alien, I'm pretty sure is in the Library of Congress. I'm almost positive. Really? I'm pretty positive. So just with that, like, you, you can safely assume it's a 10. Yeah. If it's in the Library of Congress, that's pretty serious. Yeah. Because Congress doesn't watch movies. That's good. Ever. <laughs> they never do that. Yeah. No, I don't think they've, uh, I don't think they know what a movie theater is. Yeah, probably not. They probably spend most of their time, like... I don't know. What do they do? Bet on horses. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right? Okay. Yeah. And then they eat, I guess. Do sleep. they eat? I don't even know. They, I feel like they're like cyborgs. They don't oh, even eat. Oh, yeah, they eat. could be. Yeah. Just like birds. Just like... Birds are cameras that the government uses to spy on us oh, in case you didn't know. Oh, yeah, exactly. You heard about that, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's scary, man. Yeah. I would like to get close enough to find out. Next yeah. time, uh, maybe next time your cat eats one. <laughs> I was going to say, Cinna's pretty good at catching them. Has so. he ever eaten one? Uh, He's dragged one in the house, and we've actually... Oh. uh. Yeah, Barb uh, called me screaming to get uh, it out. She was freaking out. Yeah. Oh man. And I told her just get get it out of the house. Do what you got to do. Yeah, that's fair. Though. I'm not I here. It. One time, my uh, fiance's dog actually grabbed a rat in the backyard. Oh. And was just like going to town on it, and I had to basically punch this dog in the head, man. <laughs> it was tough. Um, but she's a corgi, so it was a little. I felt less bad because they got like stocky builds. Oh yeah, yeah. But just, I don't know, man, something about house animals killing other animals is, is horrible. Yeah, you don't know where that rat's I don't want to, yeah. And even, I feel bad for the rat. Well, you the know, rat even though too, it's, but... it's intruding on territory that it shouldn't be. Yeah, it could have gone anywhere. But I still feel bad. Yeah. You know, but it was it was dead before, it was... <laughs> I, before I made the punch. <laughs> before I made the punch. Yeah. I think the bird flew off. I can't remember. Really? I think it was still alive. Maybe that's why Barb was freaking out. Oh, yeah. yeah which kind of, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I never called my cat back in the day early enough yeah. to save any birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've nursed a, I've nursed a couple birds back to health in, in my day. You mean a couple cameras? No. I, oh yeah, true. true, true. <laughs> I don't know, man. I didn't see any wires or anything. 
on wow. uh, on the seagull that I that I saved. I didn't nurse it back to health. I, I called somebody to do that. It flew into a telephone wire on Easter Sunday. Wow. It was weird, like watching it happen. You did your uh, your good deed for the day. Yeah, for the year. The year. I only yeah. do one. That's one usually. One yeah. bird save a year. Yeah, because I don't have time for other ones. Yeah, that makes sense. It's too much work. Um. Yeah. Okay, so. I think now is the time where we would kind of jump into kind of setting the precedent, I guess, for what social media and internet interaction will look like in the future, starting at this present moment, because it's the first time anyone's ever hearing any of this. <laughs> so we have a couple of um, a couple of handles here for you. We're on Instagram. Because we're cool uh, at the evil thread one nine eight one, spelled how it sounds. You can see it in the logo. Um, you know, well, the spelling. I'll spell it anyway. T h e e v i l t h r e a d one nine eight one. That's the Instagram handle. Twitter would be evil underscore thread. I don't know how we got that one, but I typed it in, and that's what we got. Nice. I don't know how that happened, but it's still easy enough to remember. Yeah. Um, Facebook, you just straight up search the evil thread, um, like a normal person. That's probably easier for most of you, <laughs> instead of underscores and numbers. Um, we have an email address, which is literally the same as the Instagram, uh, the evil thread nineteen eighty one at gmail dot com. And, uh, yeah, when the opportunity arises, we strongly encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. I'm not exactly sure how that works because this is our first episode and it's not even posted. But when we do that, uh, if you see the opportunity to do so, definitely do it. Even if you think we suck, give us one star. That is good. People will know not to listen. Any publicity is good publicity. Exactly. Get the word out. Tell everyone we suck and how bad... How bad we sound, so they want to listen to us. Feel yeah, exactly. good about themselves. Exactly, man. I know I've watched Troll 2 more than once because it was so bad. <laughs> but in any case, no, it really does help, you know, help us out when you do that. You know, interaction from, from listeners is always something that's beneficial to us. And, you know, if you happen to be listening to the show, we would greatly appreciate it on a serious note if you, uh, you know, if you did that, if you're checking us out. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Sure. So what are you thinking um we want to tell them what we were reviewing next episode? Yeah. So uh for next episode we are going to be covering 2020's Sputnik. Damn, you knew the year off the top of your head, huh? I didn't know that. I I paused cuz I wasn't sure if it was 2019 or 2020. Are you sure it's 2020? Anyone, if you're out there, fact check us, but we could find out pretty quickly. I'm pretty sure it's 2020. You look pretty unsure, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I really want to know. I want everybody else to know. Because, like, God forbid there's an, a movie out there that came out in 1963 called Sputnik. No. There might be. You there never might know. Be. You got to be careful, man. That's true. It's 2020. 2020. Right. 2020. That is um, Igor Abramenko. Yeah, this is a Russian film. Oh, it's Russian? I was yeah. about to ask you. Yeah, okay. this is a Russian film, so... This is his first feature length. This will be subtitles. Oh. Yeah. You should have told me that before. I don't want to do it now. <laughs> I know people like that. They you suck. don't like reading. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Um, yeah, all right. So we'll get out of here, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. Cool.
All right, man. Peace. Peace.